Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the 909 Podcast. It is episode 209 of the 909 Podcast. And as ever, it is myself, Niall Bourne, and Andrea Cleary here. How are you, Andrea? Hello, Niall. It's uh, it's raining. It is. It's all Joe Biden's fault. Oh, he's coming. He's, he's coming. He's I live in- on the canal in Dublin and mm. I can't park the car outside the house because <gasps> Joe Biden is driving by at some point. Also can't use any Thanks, of the bins Biden. in Dublin, if you noticed it. <laughs> Yeah, I was on all the, the bins are covered in yesterday. plastic. It's ridiculous. All all the bins are covered. Well, I mean, <laughs> there was yeah, there was a new story. It's, yeah, it's fine. But I mean, it's very exciting. He's in. I think as we speak, Dundalk. So I hope he's having a lovely time there. Um, I hope the Mary Wallopers are there to say hello. Maybe just hopefully. mustard as well. And maybe and, Jinx uh, Lennon. I hope Jinx Lennon is playing a, a song for Joe. I don't think he would be, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, he's um, down to us tomorrow. So well, look, I, ha- I hope Diamond Joe has a lovely time. Diamond and, uh, Joe, Mayo. Diamond Joe <laughs> Biden, and his son Hunter, who I didn't realize was coming until I saw it yesterday. Oh, I, was I like, see. Oh, okay. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. Anyway, um, that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> Thank it God certainly God. isn't. It's not what we're here to discuss. <laughs> we're here to discuss a much more important topic. Uh, in terms of the music podcast that we present here. And that is, we're going to be talking to Louise Bruton shortly um, about uh, access and accessibility and uh, venues and and in uh, Dublin particularly, but also in a wider scale in terms of what it takes for somebody like Louise Bruton, who is a wheelchair user, to um, navigate the live music scene and what has been done. Has it got any better? Has it got any worse? Now, Louise has a, a really good substack that she started recently called uh, Legless in Dublin. It's uh, Legless in Dublin is a newsletter brought to you by journalist, author, playwright, DJ and wheelchair user Louise Bruton covering areas of access, access and disability 
Uh, Louise offers reviews and personal essays to champion disabled people and educate non-disabled people. So I think Legless and Dublin Doc, uh, Substack.com is there. It is great. Uh, I've signed up to it. I hope you will consider after we have a chat, if you haven't already, um, signing up to it because Louise has uh, not only a great writer and obviously has been on this podcast before, but um, has a unique perspective and first-hand knowledge of, of what goes on in terms of access and disability uh, with to do with live music and venues and and the wider world because it and is really, really honestly important. has been kind of sharing and educating on this topic for free for many years. So yes, yes. At this stage, you know, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll, we might ask Louise about that as well, but just uh, mm. the idea that, you know, just because you have that first-hand knowledge um, shouldn't mean you have to spend all your time giving it um, for yeah. free. So, you know, um, legacyanddumb.substack.com, you can support people uh, Louise there and uh, learn about what's going on and also read some of her great cultural writing as well. So yeah. a good place to do that. Um, I saw you at the Indie Sleeves night last week. Wasn't that nice? It was banging. I popped in for, <laughs> I'd say, to see yourself and Harry there. seven to eight songs. They were all great. Oh, I it think was... you were there for a bit longer than that, surely. Was I? Yeah. Felt like you were. Yeah. I thought you might have um, got two stroke songs in, no? I, th- I think I got two stroke songs in. Yeah, I think um, you did. I played got one Got two Just East songs in. Um, oh, okay. Got some Vampire Weekend in. Uh, oh, yeah, it was just yeah. great. It was lovely. I'd been at my friend's fun. birthday party and then Harry and I slipped away. Um, before coming into you, we had a slice over in Defontaine's. Yeah. Um, where the whole place, everyone that was in the place, including the guys that work there, were all singing because I got high. And I was looking <laughs> around and I was like, this is culture. This is, I'm having, I'm having a cultural moment right now. And then, yeah, went into you, had a bop. And went home, and it was lovely. It was it was an Great. excellent night. Um, I hope that you put on another one of those nights at some stage. Yeah, I think I will. You know, I, um, it, lo- it seemed like a hit to me. It was great fun. It was uh, just uh, people are really happy, and uh, God, mm-hmm. it's better when people are happy and excited. And, yeah, and it was themselves. one of those things where it's like every single song that came on was like, oh my god, I love this song, and everyone was yeah. kind of having that reaction. So, um. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was great. Harry fun. and I were on the dance floor and we were like, You're up it front. was a good time, wasn't it? It was, these were good years. <laughs> yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I was really, before, in the afternoon, probably I was kind of going, how is this going to work? Is this going to work at all? And I was really dead myself. Um, and then I was, went, was soon great. as myself and uh, Alex Donald, who played with me that night in the Workman's for, at the Indy Sleeves night, um, started we were like oh no this makes just just works Great. this just works because i was kind of like we're playing a lot of rock music playing a lot of electro and kind of fun remix stuff but it all worked in well together um did it was great i have been singing um uh the franz ferdinand song um was it do you want to oh i was there for that <laughs> a yeah. lot the last few days it just yeah. is in my head that catchy do 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 yeah so that's in there and uh really just repeating on me a lot in a nice way do you have the the playlist of the of what you played the set list is that uh, i have the recording Oh, cool. Which I'm going to share on Patreon uh, tomorrow. Um, so this Brilliant. week. So I have that. The, I have three hour playlist. So I will share that on patreon.com forward slash nine or nine. So uh, yeah. Let's have a chat with Louise Bruton. 
Louise. Hi. Hello. How are How we? How are you? Louise Bruton is here. Um, yeah, we're good. Thanks. I thought it would be nice to chat to you about your experiences, uh, particularly because, as we mentioned there, uh, you have um, started your Substack recently, uh, Legless in Dublin. Can you tell me why you decided to start that? Because I think that tells you a lot about where we're at. Yeah. So um, I've been finding that a lot of people come to me for advice on terms of running events, um, where they should go that's accessible, how they can improve access, all of these things that I'll get kind of in a DM or by a text or by like a really frantic phone call when something has maybe gone wrong for someone running an event. And this is something that I'm quite personally invested in, obviously, as a wheelchair user. So when somebody asks me this, I really want to do a proper job in giving them a very fully fledged answer that doesn't have any cracks or holes in it. But that's work. And that's work that I was kind of taking on outside of all of the other work that I do. And I was joking um, with a friend of mine who is trans and he gets a lot of questions about bathrooms, as many questions as I get about kind of access generally in events. And I kind of said, God, wouldn't it be great if we could just like charge people? And while he can't, I realized I could just mm-hmm. because of whatever his working um, setup is. And I was like, I could actually do that. And because I'd seen so many people popping up with Substacks and charging them or um, setting some of them for free. I was like, I could actually just reignite my old blog, Legacy in Dublin, which I started 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I could just put a paywall on it. And people who ask those questions can actually pay to get the answers instead of kind of sending me that panicked text where I have to solve everything for them um, at my own cost and in my own time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is kind of that thing, isn't it? Like you just because you have first-hand experience doesn't mean that you um, have to share that or are expected to share that um, all the time for free. But tell me about like, so when you started Legacy in Dublin, so 10 years ago originally, has anything improved since then? <laughs> no, and I feel so bad for my um, the people who do subscribe because I'm meant to be doing weekly reviews and I want to share more positive stuff rather than be like, and here's another zero star place for you to not go to. Um, but there just isn't really enough places in, in Dublin specifically that are actually accessible. Um, I mean, I could review every cinema in Dublin mm-hmm. and maybe that would be fine, but I can't review enough pubs i can't review enough nightclubs mostly because there isn't enough nightclubs there are no nightclubs and it's hard for me to actually get into these places and to actually review them because they are mostly inaccessible so that's another personal set of challenges for me i actually actually have to go to these inaccessible places and rate them and Mm. it's not for a great result because it's like actually this place isn't perfect so it's lots of imperfect places that i'll have to review and I had actually stopped doing Legless in Dublin because I was really sick of the lack of improvement that was happening with access. And I was really tired of the laziness when it came to a lot of people running these businesses and these people running these events who just weren't giving access um, their full attention. Like in the UK, there is brilliant organizations that do 
specifically with music venues and festivals, they're called Attitude is Everything. And they look after access. They give access workshops to music venues who want to improve. And they also run the access entirely for Glastonbury as well as like loads of other festivals. And I think they first did Glastonbury maybe about um, maybe 12, 13 years ago. And it used to be something like only 400 people who were disabled attended Glastonbury. And now that they're running it, it's like something like 4,000 people. So it just shows the huge impact that it makes where disabled people feel safe going somewhere and where there are people who are specifically in charge of access. When they're doing that, it's it's just such an impressive feat and it looks after people and people are willing to give their money. Whereas here... Like you're just kind of like, it's a bit of a wing on a prayer, no matter where you're going. If it's a music festival or a venue, you're a bit like, it's all very ad hoc when it's meant to be professional and you're paying the full rate of a ticket or you're paying the full rate of like an entry fee or whatever. And it's, it's all very last minute thrown together, slapdash. And the thing about access is it's safety. This isn't mm. just, you know, it's, it's more than just having like, like when we go down to the basic level of it, like an accessible bathroom, brilliant, but most accessible bathrooms I use in almost every venue don't have soap, don't have mirrors, don't have bins, don't have all of these things. So I'm not even get, getting a proper bathroom, let alone the feeling of safety and then the feeling of inclusion. Um, so it, it kind of adds up. And I know the reason that I do a lot of it is because I was maybe a bit more accepting of all of this. Like I'd rather be there than not be there. But now because I'm 35 and I'm a bit like, God, what's the point of being there at all if you're not going to be looked after properly? So it, it kind of, it comes in waves and what mm. it is that you're accepting. And then in terms of what you just is, is just downright unacceptable. Mm. For, for anybody listening who isn't, isn't disabled and maybe hasn't thought about this, hasn't thought about access beyond kind of being able to get in and out of the building. What, what is the kind of the umbrella of access when it comes to things like music venues and, and, and nightclubs? Yeah. So I, I recently did a review of the Academy and like the Academy is like a great example because like it was recently renovated in like 2007, <laughs> like a whole, a whole whatever, 20, 13 years ago. Uh, yeah. No, it's not 2020. 20, <laughs> it's 23, uh, whatever. <laughs> it's <laughs> that amount of time ago. Um, so it has a lift. It has wheelchair bathrooms. But when I actually go into the venue, there's no place for me to be. There's no place for me to actually watch the gig. But the way that they've resolved that is to bring me upstairs to like the VIP area, um, which doesn't actually have a bathroom on its floor. And the lift itself has to be operated by staff. So if I need to go to the bathroom, I have to get a staff member to get a key to get the lift working, to bring me down to the floor, to get the key, to bring me back up, to watch the gig. But the the area that is like designated as the disabled area, um, the railings are right at your eye level. So you don't actually get, if you were to sit comfortably, you don't actually get to watch the gig. So I have to like stick my head up against the railings and kind of like hunch down to watch the gig, which mm. is, you know, if mm. they had just thought it through that little bit more, I would have the perfect gig experience. But like I, I leave that gig kind of feeling like I've been squeezed into a box. Yeah. And you posted a neck, picture of like. that with as part of you uh, on the Substack where you specifically with, with a, like a black bar. Over yeah. Half <laughs> like the I've, image. I've, I've started doing that a lot of gigs, but like, this is my view where, um, say like mm -hmm. at the three arena, there's, um, 
the disability kind of viewing platform is all kind of on one level. Like uh, Niall, we've been to gigs there. Yeah. Where, and if anybody stands up, that's my view immediately gone. And that like how many millions went into redesigning the three arena. And it's like that one little thing, the thing that happens at concerts, people get up and dance and they didn't have the foresight to be like, maybe we should have the viewing platform a little bit higher than the average standing person. And mm-hmm. then like what, like tickets are costing what a hundred euro for three arena gigs now. So it's like, oh great. I get to see the, the small of someone's back, <laughs> you yeah. know? And then even even things like the the academy, you being brought up to the the VIP area. If if you're going with a group of friends, it's likely that you're not going to be able to watch the gig with that entire group of friends. They they might kind of have one one or two people be that go up with you. But oh, one, <laughs> yeah, it's um, one. I'm, Is it one? I've, I've yeah. got um, I've got a piece in the pipeline just all about the plus one kind of element of going to gigs. I am yeah. allowed to go to gigs with one friend. Um, some cinemas, yeah. I'm allowed to go to the cinema with one friend. And it's just like, who made that rule? And why are we living by it so strictly? Like, I'm going to Beyonce in Cardiff in May, and I'm allowed to have one friend with me. And, you know, mm. Beyonce isn't something that you experience with one person. Beyonce yeah. is a, a group unifying experience. So it's not yeah. just an Irish problem, that, it's that specific thing. That's something like, so, yeah, it's it. Where did it come from? <laughs> it's, yeah, I think that's like a ticket selling thing. I'm not quite sure where that is, but it's there. There just doesn't seem to be a kind of a disabled policy for festivals and events that actually serve the entertainment of disabled people. It's getting you in the door, but that's it. Yeah. It's not mm. getting you involved. It's not giving you that Anything could happen. Um, good feeling, not that anything terrible could happen. Feeling, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, which you know, you know, that happens as well. Um, but like there's one venue that I had to, I wrote, wrote a strongly worded email to recently um, because they have this access feature, which means that you can watch a gig but entirely by yourself. You can't have someone with you. And I had to write this email to the owners, been like, "This is I can't believe that you've you've reduced the access." And then they've kind of changed it now where that if somebody wants to watch it with friends, they have to go to a certain standing area. But again, it's that thing of like, why is the safety feature the most excluding version um, of participation possible? Hmm. Yeah. Why Why is it the, the very, very bare minimum of this is how we can sell a ticket, but we can just keep more floor space for, for other people? That's, yeah. Yeah. And it's a, a lot of it is like, we need to protect you from, um, we need to pre- protect you from the crowds. We need to protect you from the potential of a, uh, you know, what if there's a rush? What if there's a sudden rush? And it's like, well, then everyone's in trouble if there's a rush, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's a bit infa- infantilizing the, as, a, as an excuse of we, we're protecting you. It's like, well, okay, well, you're not, you're not, you're not thinking about the experience of a wheelchair user enough to consider that they might want a friend with them. I doubt you're also like thinking about all of the various scenarios that could go wrong at, at a, you know, what if there's a bomb? Well, awful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really bad luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I think what, what, what you mentioned there about the kind of the communal aspect of things and not being able to experience things with more than one friend is, is so important because, you know, we've all been to gigs with w- one other person and that can be a lovely experience, but it does remove that kind of that group sense of like, 
oh, this happened or did you see your one? And, you know, just hang, hanging out with your friends together and and experiencing something communally, which is how live music is supposed to be experienced. So it just, it just seems like there's no thought given to actually not even maximizing your enjoyment, but just kind of allowing you to get the, the minimum of what being entertained at a at a concert is. That isn't just watching it. Yeah. And that idea of picking one friend. So like a big example mm. is um, me and three of my friends went over to Manchester to see the Sugar Papes, which was amazing, in the, the smaller O2 venue in, mm. um, in Manchester. And I could bring one friend with me to the viewing area. And that was kind of a bit like, oh, which one do I pick? So we were immediately split into a group of two, uh, two groups. Um, but while we were there, they actually have this amazing service where if you're on the viewing platform, you don't have to go to the bar yourself. As staff will come out with a card reader, take your drinks order so that you miss, that you kind of get to skip a lot of the hassle. But it's also that thing of like, that's, that's great. But wouldn't it have been great if I could have watched the gig with the, the, the entire group that I flew over, which is just like four people. Hmm. And that's, so that's mm. actually once you get in the venue and you, and the venue is accessible enough for you to get in the door and experience it. But there's also the other aspect of the venues that currently, um, don't allow access or, or at all. So, I mean, there's plenty of those at the moment. I know, look, I, 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 as we were talking about, I booked a gig in the workman cellar last week and, and I was, aware that you couldn't come and that sucks um, from my point of view I was like well I had to make a commercial decision for myself that I wanted to do this and that sucks but like I hate that it's exclusionary but you're like like you were saying there's not enough clubs not enough spaces like uh, Tengu is a good example it can be I think that's generally quite good in terms of access because it's ground floor and, and only now but you know there's every venue has its differences so have you encountered pushback with a lot of venues who maybe say that they're old or they just don't have it or they're not set up or they're retrofitted or whatever? So like, how do you deal with that? How is there or anything to be done in there's that? There's the excuse of like, it's a protected building and we can't change things like that. And yeah, yeah, a lot of the time they say it's a protected building, but it actually isn't. Mm. Um, and that that's a really frustrating thing because it is a really easy excuse to throw out because you'll just be like oh yeah Georgian Dublin this building can't be touched but a lot of them can be can be altered just um whoever the owners are just don't want to do the cost because once you do it you have to go the full you have to do the full proper job so it's not just going to be like an easy quick fix you're probably going to have to spend about like 30,000 um to make sure that you're ticking every single box of access which would be great I mean, wouldn't that be amazing if they actually did that? And like, I often just miss the the crawdaddy tripod, the uh, megalith that it was, where it had three accessible venues within it, and now it's a Pret a Manger. Um, yeah. You know, like that that was just perfect. Like, and we're just missing that, and we had it, and it just like slipped away. Yeah, mm. yeah. And so, like, is there anything do you think that can be done in terms of, like, is it a case that, you know, I had a chat yesterday, I was talking about um, gender balance on on, uh, on lineups and stuff like that. I was saying, okay, so if, if there's something that's Arts Council funded, it should be a requirement that there should be some gender balance, same as there should be a requirement in that case that, you know, you have to have uh, access for all. So... 
Is there is there any way to to actually address this rather than just name and shame, or is there anything else we can do? Well, like I, I actually use the the Culture Night Fruit and Veg Market as a great example to people who I'm working with now because that was the first time there was actually access put in place for me to get on a stage. Um, so like from the ticket check in to performing or whatever, if I was a guest or if I was an artist, I was fine. I was sorted, and that's because it wasn't a traditional venue, and like. This is like so hopeful. I know a lot of people are thinking this too, is when we have so many empty buildings in Dublin right now, so many office blocks that just aren't being used, like can they be turned, can, can their purpose uh, be kind of more, be more community based where we can actually use them and they're all, you know, they will be all following some of the build, building regulations. So there will be ground level access, there will be lifts, there will be wheelchair bathrooms. Those things are all there. They're all existing. It's a bit like when um, Block T existed um, well, it, when it wasn't actually Block T, when it wasn't upstairs of an old uh, Asian supermarket, but when they started taking over Block B or <laughs> whatever else it was in Smithfield. On the corner, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was, that was great. That was, you know, that was, that felt, that felt like we were really just like using the city when a lot of the city wasn't properly serving us. And we're now returning to that kind of phase where it's like a lot of this is sitting idle. A lot of the people don't really care about it. Um, who are the people who have the kind of rights to to using those? Why can't we get back in there? Like in the same way that the fruit and veg market was just, it was there for the taking. I don't know, it took a lot of fight. I know I'm, I know I'm <laughs> reducing that in a big way, but there are just a lot of spaces mm-hmm. um, that, that can be used. And I just don't know who the, who the gatekeepers are. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, certainly it feels like if you are opening a venue or using a space, you should have to, whether it's grants available or whether it's Dublin City Council or a, a local council who have to be involved in that. This is where you would hope that um, the nighttime advisors, there was one announced for Cork today, um, uh, the role was announced today. So you would hope that that kind of stuff is where you get to uh, be the glue between those people who own the venues and the people who actually and, matter and who and go for to the, the people gigs. who are for people who are renovating venues as well. Mm. I mean, Workman Cellar used to be the liquor rooms, and then it had a it was done up, and and there wasn't and accessibility wasn't something that they chose to do um, with, with with that venue, which is really really unfortunate. You know? They just keep finding all of these rooms and then just don't put a wheelchair bathroom in. Like mm. <laughs> the place just keeps on expanding, and yet. I don't know yeah. why, but there's just no wheelchair bathroom. 
Um, but like that's a big thing as well when when you look post COVID, like loads of pubs that now have bigger smoking areas suddenly have all these extended outdoor areas so that people could just mm-hmm. be outside. I was like, where was all this space, you know, beforehand? And why could you not have taken, you know, a few more um, square meters of that space and just put in a kind of a wheelchair bathroom or put in a ramp? Like there's so many buildings that are like very obviously able to do this. And I don't understand why it isn't like I know that there is a private grant that um, disabled people can get if they're renovating their home and you can get up to 30 grand um, to cover like 95 percent of the works. I don't know if th- how that works for like a commercial place, but commercial places should be following building regulations. And I just think that there's these loopholes. There's a lot of loopholes that means that um, certain venues don't have to do this if they're only d- if they're doing renovations bit by bit. Maybe they don't have to do this and maybe that's why so many of the bigger venues can expand gradually over time and not consider access at all yeah does it get tiring having these have just kind of having the same conversation now as what what was happening yeah does it feel like exact same conversation yeah like it's and that's what's so frustrating and that's what gave me this new rush of kind of like you know action where I was like are we still here like are we still genuinely having this conversation and Mm. like one thing that I have kind of said to a lot of people is like I wish I had the same kind of allies that most other groups had like I just Mm -hmm. it just disabled people do not have the type of support that most other movements or most other um kind of groups of people have and I don't understand why like Mm. You know, I like there. There's probably a very glaring answer where, where maybe people just don't consider us. Um, but that's too cruel to be taken as truth. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, I would like a lot of the time. I'm kind of like, why am I assessing whether or not something is accessible when all of you can walk around and go into any venue, any building you want? So why are you texting or emailing me? Like, yeah, it's that. It's like why? Who's taking responsibility? Like, why is it my job to figure out where I can go when? Um, a lot of the people who are asking me these questions have, have the freedom to go anywhere. Mm. Yeah. It's certainly something I've been trying to be more aware of in terms of venues and being uh, very upfront. If I'm asking uh, to book something, uh, always asking, is it accessible? Why not? What What are you doing? Kind of thing. Um, it is important. I do feel like it's uh, on a wider scale. It is more part of the conversation, maybe this year. Um, the nighttime economy stuff. Um, there was a a meeting in early January. The Arts Council put on uh, where this was uh, discussed as well a little bit. Also, I know in theatre it's definitely uh, a part of the conversation as well. Um, so it's interesting to see some of that because I think you know in the wider in the wider community there's a lot more uh, chat about inclusivity, but this is the mm-hmm. area where really there is it isn't developing and i think it's really important that people know that because it hasn't changed and unless people put pressure on those who are in power or who own those buildings or who run those buildings and you know it's kind of like i guess it's like you know i think about this in terms of when people are criticized online you know people get defensive defensive is our first form of of uh it's the first stage of criticism you know what i mean so Mm. it takes uh, down it goes from there to maybe understanding and then action down the line further down the line so yeah it's really tough and it's 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 obviously difficult for from your perspective you're living it um and there are venues that you can't go to and mm. so that's 
I think what people really need to know that like it's your venues that you are, we can all go to, um, able-bodied people can go to are able to, are just not, they're exclusionary. That's mm. the thing, and right? It's, so it's, it's really, it's sad to think about because I, I, I think it's, it's so much still a part of the nighttime culture is culture conversation as well. It's a really, really important aspect of that. And if you think about young queer people not having access to queer spaces or people not having access to safe spaces because of a disability and not because of any other reason. And I know that, you know, queer, queer nights and kind of alternative nights are, you know, they're, they're, they're existing in, in a subculture on, onto themselves. It can be very, very difficult to even have that kind of stuff put on to find spaces for, for, for that kind of stuff. But then to not have to have to have those things happen in spaces that are still exclusionary to people you're you're not allowing queer people to have access you know based based on them being disabled um and it's that that thing of just being excluded from culture which is a really really as we all know and agree is an incredibly important part of your life especially as a young person like you want to go out and get the shift. You want to go out and just have a night like everybody else. You want to go out and get locked. You want to go out and take your first pill. You know, you want to just do all the stuff that other people are doing and to have all this extra work, even if, even if everyone, do, everyone in the group does agree on an accessible venue to go to. And it's just, it's a lot of extra labor to go through, uh, you know, having those conversations and saying like, oh, well, which is mine if we go here instead of here. And all like that's that's a lot like I'm I'm just I'm thinking particularly with like young people who are kind of going out for the first time. And I'm like, that's a lot for a young person to take on to like speak up in a group that much, you know, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like the the necessity of having to speak up for yourself and yeah. be like, this is what I need. And a lot of people just don't have that in them. Like if you need to stand up for yourself, there has to be a level of confidence it comes from that and sometimes confidence comes from life experience and a lot of people aren't getting the life experience to give them that confidence yeah. so it all builds up into this big awful ouroboros of shame and you know exclusion so like whenever i do hear the word inclusion i'm like yeah it's not like mm. it just it just is not like when i think of um say like say mother which used to be in access in an accessible accessible space and now it really is not like when I think of all the friends that oh, I made simply that. from going to mother, I haven't mm. seen any of them in years because I can't go there anymore. And that's that's like a huge thing. Like I've I've maybe like I, I don't really go out anymore because I just don't have that opportunity. I only get to go out when I DJ and that's not going out. Um, you know, it's it's a and there's such a limitation on, on what is available. Like you'll miss like, say like the Tivoli where there'd be like big events that people will get excited to go for. And that's, you know, an apartment hotel block or whatever. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the time, like most of my friends are queer and, you know, I can't be like, no, let's go here and drag them, you know, drag them away from where they feel safe. So it's somewhere that I feel safe. Yeah. And there just isn't, um, it's just very few places and it's really, really unfair. And I, I think a big thing that has been missing from a lot of my campaigning is that I've been very practical about it, but it is an emotional thing. Like, you know, mm. people are taking away my social life. You're taking away my livelihood. You're taking away my connection to other people. And, you know, that that's mm. all, that's it all is true as the fact that people aren't following building regulations. 
and yeah. they're both as important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's something we can all understand as well, um, that emotional. And especially, like as you said there, that you're, it, it's, it affects your DJ livelihood as well because you can't DJ in all the venues. So uh, mm. further, um, yeah, compounding that uh, fact as well. So, so yeah, I think I think if people want to follow you, it's legless in Dublin com. I think um, it's been great already. We'd only do it in a, a month and a half or so, and uh, I hope you keep it up because, mm. and I hope it's not too taxing on you because it is like something that you have to deal with every day. And um, but like um, what I'm reading so far feels like a good mix of everything that you are about which is pop culture and the access uh stuff uh so just music stuff and and fun things <laughs> so yeah fun yeah <laughs> yeah i'm i'm going to have uh today's well hopefully i'll have a post for like today and it's because it's actually the reason i started like in dublin 10 years ago was because that's when i started using a wheelchair so this is like my 10 year anniversary of being officially a wheelchair user and the title of that blog post is 10, not just the name of the Girls and Lake Greatest Hits album. <laughs> so, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, um, and I, I wanted to ask you, um, just for, for anybody listening who is having like a bit of a wake up and like, oh shit, this isn't something I've really been thinking about. Um, in terms of allyship, how can people kind of be better allies? How, how can we kind of call like is it is it calling out venues is it making sure that where you're going is accessible for everybody that's going you know what kind of what kind of things do you wish you'd seen over the years from from friends and even from strangers yeah i think if you are friends with a disabled person i think you need to do the work like mm-hmm. i kind of regret how much i bent over backwards to make sure that my disability wasn't a hindrance to the people i was friends with so that mm-hmm. meant me taking on all the work of booking and researching you know restaurants or holidays or whatever or then maybe i didn't maybe trust a lot of people i knew enough to actually book places that were properly accessible so it would be like this year i think it is where i'm just i'm not asking people if the places they've booked are accessible i'm just assuming that my friends have caught up and that they know to mm. do that um and also like don't be the don't be the friend who's like can you uh tell me what an accessible wedding venue is or don't you know i'm not a wedding planner i don't know every i don't know your okay. every women desire um <laughs> which is like i've been asked these things um so it's just do the research and show that you actually are aware of your of your friends needs and um also their interests like i'm also a big annoyance i have is like just because some places are accessible doesn't mean it's good you know so mm-hmm. um you know it's this place might be have all the the mod cons but the food might be terrible so why are we going there mm. you know you can't take me to mcdonald's every time yeah and actually <laughs> you know something that you say even it, it applies to everyday life as well it's just being a bit more mindful of those things like i remember you talking about um uh going down um or just walking down the road or and there being a bin in front of you um the way that people put their bins out for to for collection and just being aware that if you put them out in a certain way you might be stopping somebody in a wheelchair from going by oh yeah Those bicycles kind of bicycles is a big thing so if you're locking your bike to a pole take a look at what kind of parking space is beside that pole like the amount of times i've had like bicycles being like locked up right beside the door of my car and I can't get into my car at all. So, and I've caught a few people in the act. I'm like, hello. And then they, they mm-hmm. 
get so shameful and run away. Um, <laughs> but it's that thing. It's like, just like look around, take a look at what the, the purpose is of the space around you, who needs it, who needs to get by. And like the amount of new parents who's, who kind of say to me like, gosh, Dublin's in bits because they now experience Dublin as someone who's yeah. pushing a buggy. I'm like, yeah. yeah, it is. It's a bit like when certain dads discover feminism because they have ch- little girls. <laughs> it's like, you know, it shouldn't take parenthood for you to realize that, hey, life is hard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. It's definitely something that I've become more mindful of over the years of if I see, if I just see someone, you know, parked up on the path or something, I'm like, just think <laughs> just have a think for a second you know yeah and also like a big thing with music venues and like nightclubs and bars and all that kind of thing the wheelchair toilet is always the drug toilet and you mm. know whatever but don't be rude to me when i need to use it like there is mm-hmm. i had to mm-hmm. knock on a door recently for ages and um a bunch of non-disabled people opened up the door being like do you mind I was like, lads, this is the one toilet I can use. You have many, yeah. many cubicles. Get out. Um, but it's just that kind of thing of just be so considerate. Like, even if you're taking drugs, I know that's hard, but, <laughs> yeah. but try it. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if you're becoming that level of an asshole on drugs, maybe rethink the drugs you're taking. <laughs> Louise, what other, what, what have you got coming up professionally other than Legs in Dublin? What else is happening for you? What, um, I'm doing a double double bill in Wigwam this weekend, uh, doing Sam Smith after parties. Um, whoever goes to Sam Smith <laughs> concerts, I don't know. But uh, I'll have the after party. <laughs> Satanists, clearly just Satanists. Yeah, Satanists. yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Satan, Satan will actually make an appearance at the weekend. So I'll be there Friday Andy. and Saturday night and... Yeah, I think that's all I have for now. But yeah, and I've actually started contributing to the Sunday Times recently, which is really nice as a writer. Um, so I I believe I'll have an interview with James Vincent McMorrow in on Sunday in the Culture Magazine. Very good. Is he even new album or something? Oh, have you not heard? Uh, <laughs> Songs from Future in the National <laughs> Concert Hall, end of the month. The oh, albums, yeah, I forgot. I had seen that. Yeah, the yeah, album's right. been created on stage and yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's um, quite a... All right, Louise. We'll have you on again, I'm sure, for another chat about something um, uh, music related, for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, but like, I think everybody should um, subscribe to my Substack and give me money so I can yeah. pay for all the therapy that this is causing <laughs> me to take take yeah. under. <laughs> yeah. That's legacyndoven.substack.com, Louise. Thanks so much. Oh, and Louise, sorry, an important thing. Um, disabled readers... Oh, disabled readers get, get a free subscription. Where yeah, disabled so, readers um, don't pay. So yeah, I yeah. if you are a disabled person and you want to have a subscription, all you have to do is DM me like on Twitter or on Instagram, and I will set you up with a lifelong f- subscription that's free forever, forever and ever. So yeah, that's uh, only dis- non-disabled people need to pay. Disabled people should never pay. And that goes across the board in all areas mm. of life. Yeah, just, yeah, let us skip the queue. Give us free tickets. Just forever. generally. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Louise, you're on at Lou Baracci on Twitter and it's Lou Brew on Instagram. That's me. You. All right, great. Thank you so Thanks, much, guys. Cheers. Waiting for the week
Thanks to Louise for coming in and chatting, coming in virtually on on her uh, our podcast chatting system. <laughs> I'm not giving them. I'm not giving them any. Uh, it's not Zoom. Not oh, that I'm sure. against yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I just yeah. don't want to say. If you're an alternative to Zoom, you know who you are. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> we don't really know what we're doing next week, but sure, there's no surprise there. If you have um, any ideas for what we should do next week, no, you should join our them. Discord. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was doing. I was doing the. I was doing the link. Ah. Nyler Nine dot com forward slash no Patreon dot com forward slash Nyler Nine, and you get access to the Discord, uh, the which Discord. is a fun community of music lovers, film lovers, and television lovers. And also, you can get access to Niall's indie sleaze playlist that he uh, played well, recording uh, it's a recording and recording as well as a playlist as well from recording and playlist uh, and other playlists classic playlists from throughout the years if you were looking for somewhere to talk about succession season four mm. episode three spoilers well the discord <laughs> yes. is the place for you in. <laughs> a private channel in which you'll only be allowed in once you've seen the episode because that's what yeah. i had to do yesterday in the telly oh, in the telly i haven't joined that channel oh you've seen it have you yeah, is it, is it all happening in in that other oh, channel, well, in the I mean, Locks channel? If you if you have anything to add, I will add you in. Um, Please do. Yes. Oh, I have a lot to say about episode three. Good, good. My God, but uh, yeah, yeah, stunning, a stunning piece of work. Absolutely. I know somebody it was spoiled for, and even that. Uh, yeah, I th- do. You know what? Honestly, I think the thing that happens isn't what you're watching it for. It's, yeah, it's I want to watch it again. Around it, you know, it was so good. Yeah, me too. Me too. So um, there's there's a kind of a behind the episode, just a yeah, short, maybe that. ten minute thing, which is really really good. I, just the more I watch it, the more I'm I want Roman to win. I just think <laughs> he's shown the most growth, win. and I <laughs> just want game. him the Squid Game of yeah, Succession. I want him to win the Squid Game, um, <laughs> but also I want him to win, even if it means he loses all his money and just like finds love or you know learns yeah. to love himself gets therapy like that sort of thing <laughs> that'd be a nice but yeah a nice thing at, at the end of the series we should um talk about it um properly in like our monthly yeah, wrap-up or for something sure. have like a proper succession chat um, yeah um you know we should just do a, a bonus episode all about uh succession really to be honest um yeah. and yeah, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. Also on the Patreon this week is a, uh, which I do every month, is a half price uh, discount tickets for Lumo Club, which is on Saturday in Yamori Tengu, an accessible venue, thankfully. Um, so that is happening on Saturday. So, yeah, things are back to normal. I say that as if it hasn't been back to normal for a while, but like, I don't know, last year was just weird, wasn't it? <laughs> it what was is weird. normal, Niall? What, what is, is normal? normal? Uh, it's raining outside. Joe Boyd, Biden's about to come pa- past my house in the next twenty four hours, and uh, is he coming? Whatever. Like, are you on his route? Are you going to uh, wave? He, he must be because why? Why would they? Why would they have closed all of? I'm not allowed to park my car outside the house. That's I weird. had to move my car because of that. That's where we're at. Mm, okay. Well, yeah, that's Joe. it from us this week. Um, talk to you next week. week. Yeah, that's another nine podcast. Bye. Bye.